um, and that's part of my message tonight. Look around, there's not a lot of people that come out on a cold Sunday evening when it's dark out. You know, um, I'm grateful for the ones that do. Amen. Um, and, and I know we all come here to, to, to praise the Lord and to worship God, but you bless me when I see you, and I look forward to coming to church. I look forward to seeing the smiling faces and sometimes the not-so-smiling faces that, that, that we get. But, uh, and I'm not always smiling either, I guess. But Tonight, um, I, you know, that, that's interesting, Ken, you said that about the song. He said a, he sang a, that's the first time I heard a song, second time, actually, because I heard you when you were practicing, I guess. But um, I heard uh, one line in it, and I turned to Sarah. I'm like, that was powerful. That one line that, that just stuck to me was, he said, I thirst, yet he made the river. And you just think about that, that the God of all creation, the one who made everything that you see and everything that you don't see, the sacrifice he made, he, he denied himself the simplicities of life for you and me. And that's, that's just powerful to me. Tonight, you know, we, we, talk, we do a lot of talking and a lot of preaching and a lot of ministering about the love of Christ and the love of God and and tonight I'm going to talk about our love because um, people, you know, people ask me questions. Well, isn't God always love? And we talked about that today in Sunday school and, and during the service. Isn't God always love? And and you know, Brother Howard pointed out, uh, you know, some good topics today. Good, good message today about uh, the wrath of God. You know, and and let me tell you something. He was right on the money. I will tell you, there's more about wrath in here than people will dare consider I every page especially it's not even just the Old Testament but every page that I turn yes God's love's all through it but I'm here to tell you this I, maybe I'm a little demented in my in my way of thinking but God's wrath is a form of love his his correction is love and um, look he will only go let you go so far until he has to take you to the woodshed and and um, I think Brother Howard hit the nail on the head today. He's fixing to take America to the woodshed for the sins of this nation. And the sins of the world are going to be paid for soon enough. But, you know, Galatians 6-7 is one of those verses that stands out in my head because people act like, and that's part of my message tonight too, people act like they're never going to die. People act like you're never going to leave this world. People are living for now. And it cracks me up inside. And used to, I did the same thing. But I'm sitting here, I'm like, you have no idea of what's coming. And when somebody tries to explain it to you, you mock. But God says he won't be mocked. And God's word is the truth. And we're going to talk tonight, uh, and I just started preaching about something I wasn't even going to talk about. But anyway, we're going to talk tonight about our love. Our love. Instead of God's love, we're going to talk about our love. Which is kind of, it should be together. It should be layered together. But how do you know if you love God? Or how do you know if someone else loves God? I've, I've heard people, me and Chris were talking about it today, uh, before Sunday school, the devil will sometimes get in your ear and tell you, you're not really saved. You're not really a preacher. You're not really a, a Sunday school teacher. You, look what you did. You did such and such. And you did this and you did that. Or you thought this. I know you thought it. So you're not who you think you are. And those are just tricks of the devil. That's all it is. I'm going to say this today. I, I, before, and I don't know if you know this. A lot of you, 
A lot of you probably do know this, but there were some who received Christ today. A young teenager received Christ today uh, in Sunday school. And um, praise God. Praise God. But those questions that were coming out of her mouth were questions of intent. She wants to know the truth. She wants to know the Lord. She wants not just to be saved, but to know for surety of the truth in, in God's Word. And she was asking all the right questions. And sometimes I think... Uh, I think there are people who say they are Christians that never ask the right questions, that weren't concerned. Um, and Brother Chris said he's reading a book right now uh, about along along the terms I forget the name of the book, but something about unsaved Christians, which is kind of a misnomer, I guess. But I think you know where we're going with the topic of the the book. There's a lot of people who say they're Christians that are really unsaved because they say it with their mouth and it's not meant in their heart and they never really ask the the, the pertinent questions they really never really want to know Jesus um, they wanted to be a part of what everybody else was a part of well so and so did it Susie did it and she's my best friend so I'll, I'll do it too or Johnny did it and he's my cousin and I love Johnny so I'll do it too um, and I'm not I, I have no way of knowing that's between you and, 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 and God but I do know this, just like Hunter Davis said, there should be evidence about it. But my question tonight is, how do you know if someone or if you or anybody loves God? Um, so how does how do you know if somebody else loves God? And then how do you know if you love God? If you will turn to First John, chapter five, we're going to answer these questions in five simple verses. I'm not going to keep you long tonight. I promise. <laughs> As that is my promise to you. I just got a couple pages of handwritten notes. It's not going to take very long. And most of those handwritten notes are just straight scripture anyway. So, 1 John chapter 5. We're going to answer some questions. How do you know if someone or if you love God? Okay, so 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, answers these questions. And I think you're going to start answering for yourselves after we're reading. It says this. The Bible says... Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now what does that actually mean? Well, uh, if you love the Father, you love the one who begat. So therefore, if you love the Son, you love the one who he begotten. Okay? So if you love the, the one that begot, you love the begotten, you love God. Okay, there's, there's part of the answer right there. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, that's, that's saving grace right there. That is the, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, coming in and dwelling in you because you believe on the name of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and he did what he said he was going to do. He is who he says he is, and he did what he said he was going to do, and he did it. He laid down his life. It is finished. For you and for me. By his blood covering your sins, you don't have to go and pay for your own sins. As Brother Howard said, he paid the sin debt for you and me. So that shows his love to you. But how do you show your love for him? Part of it, and the ultimate uh, uh, love, is receiving him. Receiving Christ into you. You love the Father, love the Son. Jesus said that too. Don't trouble yourself. You believe in God, believe also in me. So, 
That is how we, one way we know that we love because we accept Christ. And we're going to talk about something here in a minute. If you don't accept Christ, and I want to jump ahead of my message, but if you don't accept Christ, you're calling God, the Father, a liar. Period. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Anyway, so verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot, loveth him also that is begotten of him. So if you love the Father, you should love the Son. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Um, it's not really a secret. Everybody knows this that knows me. And, and it's I don't even know why I'm going to share this with you because it's not on the level of God and or God the Father and God the Son. But in human terms, in fleshly terms, we do this every uh, often in our, in our everyday lives. Uh, you, may, you may like somebody um, and been friends with somebody your entire life. And when they have kids, you're just... You like their kids because they're they're, they're your friend's kids. I'm going to say somebody I never met before. I was a big NASCAR fan. I still, I still like NASCAR a little bit. But I was a big NASCAR fan. Loved Dale Earnhardt Sr. Loved him. In the terms that we use, the in the fleshly terms that we use, the, the, the term love, in that fleshly way. I loved him. Never met a man in my entire life. Don't know him from Adam. But I loved the way he drove a race car. I loved his interviews. I loved him. And then he died and his son was racing. And I didn't know his son, but I loved his son because his son was Dale Earnhardt's son. And I started thinking about that. I love Jesus Christ because he is God in the flesh. I love Jesus Christ because the Father sent him into this world for you and for me. And you know what's different between the fleshly uh, uh, love, like I love Dale Earnhardt Jr. because his father race cars. That's kind of a silly analogy, but I just want to put it in the human terms. What's a lot different is... I don't know Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt doesn't know me, but Jesus does. And I know him. And he knows me. And my name's written in his book. And I love that. Verse 2 says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God, and listen to this, and keep his command. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I've had people tell me, you know, you know, being a Christian is not about rules. It's not really about rules. It's about a relationship. But there are rules to the relationship. We don't like to say that because when we start, when you start saying there's rules, then then you know people get upset. Well, I, I just can't follow a bunch of rules. Can you follow one? Can you follow one? Can you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Can you love Him with all your heart, soul, and mind? Can you follow that one? Because if you do, these will fall in line. All of them will fall in line. Verse 2 tells us, how do you know that we love God? We love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. Who are the children of God? Yeah. We are. If you accepted Jesus Christ, we, we become His children. We are adopted into that family. We are grafted into the vine. Praise God for that. And then verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments twice now verse 2 and verse 3 tells us to keep his commandments and his commandments look he tells you and they're not grievous his commandments are not grievous so how do we know if we love God I think we just answered the question right there the Bible answers the question how do we know well we keep his commandments we strive to live a pleasing life unto the Lord that doesn't mean that we're perfect. That doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes. That won't even. That doesn't mean that you won't do something intentional that you shouldn't do. 
but it does mean you won't dwell in it. It does mean you won't waller in them. It does mean that you won't intentionally wake up each day and seek to live a sinful life. We know those people, and we might have been those people at one point. I tell you, I, I'm not going to you know, tell you my life story up here, but I will tell you this. There was a time when I loved to drink alcohol, and, and I lived for it. Boy, I couldn't wait to get off work so I could, you know, pop the top of my favorite uh, so-called adult beverage. And, and that's, that's, that's what satisfied my flesh. But the Lord took that from me. The Lord said, I don't want that for you, Richie. This is not a good, sustainable, healthy, productive life. That's not what I created you for. Like Brother Howard said, my tongue was designed to praise the Lord. I'm sitting there tasting all this stuff that the devil puts in front of you, and the devil will make everything taste good, right? But it's killing you. It's absolutely destroying you. It was destroying me. Uh, if the truth be known, my bones are probably falling apart because of all the dumb stuff that I put in my body, along with some of the dumb stuff that I did. I was a fool. But the Lord loved you enough to take you away from that and like the song says he thirsted but he made the river i thirst but yet he made the rivers he denied himself the simplicities of life for you and for me and then gave you sustainability life sustaining water forever what a blessing that is so he loves you so much and he says for this is the love that we keep his commandments and that's what astonishes me. Some people are like, well, I just can't do it. I just cannot be that person. My goodness. God incarnate gave his life for you and for me and for the whole world. Not just us that are saved right now, but for the ones who are not saved right now. He gave his life for them too. And people aren't willing enough to say, Lord, I love you and I love you enough back to accept you as my Lord and Savior, invite you into my heart and say, Lord, save me and let you go to work in me because there is the trick. And it's not really a trick. It's, it's God. It's, it's the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in you and you don't really do anything but accept it. And then He does the work. When I finally figured that out, boy... Because I would wake up some mornings, I'm like, I'm going to be a good person today. I'm not going to mess up. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to yell at somebody. I'm going to be a good person. And then about 9.05, as I'm in my vehicle on the way to work, somebody pulled out in front of you, and I just blew everything. I'm like, well, that didn't work. That did not work because I was trying to do it in my own flesh. I wasn't letting Jesus do it. I started letting Jesus do it. That's right. Praise God for that. Praise God. Don't quench the Spirit. And there's a lot of quenching going on in the world today. Because the Holy Spirit is still at work in 2021. The Holy Spirit is still touching hearts. And the Holy Spirit is still intervening in people's lives. The Holy Spirit is still putting people where they need to be, just like the ram coming up the one side of the mountain when, when uh, uh, Abraham and Isaac were going up this side. The, the Holy Spirit was still moving the parts that needed to be moved so that the two would meet. And he's still doing that today. And we got a lot of people that are quenching the spirit. Well, I just don't believe in that stuff. Just like the nurse that was treating me before I go into surgery, 
sur- surgery. And I'm like, hey, do you believe in God? Oh, she, you, you don't need to ask me that right now. And she starts shaking. I'm like, my goodness. Do you, do you think it's an accident that I'm asking you that question? It's not an accident. The Holy Spirit still still moves and still works. And well, let's move on because I'm going to lose time here. I thought you wanted to keep it. Verse 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Boy, you're an overcomer. You know that? And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith is the key. Because we're saved by grace, by God's grace, but it's by God's grace through what? Our faith in Christ Jesus. When you mean it. When you, not just when you say it. There's, there's probably, uh, uh, I don't know numbers on it, the Lord knows, but there's probably millions and millions of, probably billions of people from the beginning of time that said they loved God. But they didn't mean it. Probably over the last 2,000 years, there's probably been millions and millions and millions, maybe even billions of people that said, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But they didn't mean it. Especially when it was popular. Now it's not popular. Now it's, the, you know, the true gospel is not popular at all. The true gospel, the life-saving grace of God, my faith in Jesus Christ, the true gospel, that's not popular at all. You'll, you'll, you'll get some people mad at you. They want to burn you at the stake, and it's coming. Maybe not a burning at the stake, but that persecution is coming. But you and I are overcomers, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And then verse 5, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So we've already answered the question, so to speak. Um, how do we know that someone loves God? How do you know if you love God? The answer is simple. That we keep his commandments that we try to live a pleasing life unto the Lord. Now, you might be saying, well, you just said keep His commandments, but Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, yes we do. But like I said, we don't live for the sin. We're not waking up in the morning saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and make, I'm going to break every commandment today. I'm going to check the block. I'm going to go out with the, the Ten Commandments. Actually, I'm going to get to 613 for the Old Testament. And I'm going to get all of them, and I'm just going to go around until I break every one of them. That's not what you do. You're not seeking to be a sinful person. And, oh, by the way, because you have the Holy Spirit in you, because you love God, and you have the Holy Spirit, guess what you do? You respond to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, I don't like that, when the Holy Spirit is convicting you of the sin that you're about to partake in, or that you just acted in, in a moment of haste, and the Holy Spirit binds... And you get that, that hot feeling all over your body, that shameful feeling, you respond to it. And you ask for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me. I know I just sinned. And the Bible tells us what? He is faithful to forgive if we are faithful to what? To ask for forgiveness. So those who have faith in Jesus seek to live a pleasing life. They seek to keep his commandments. Um, and even when we come short, we're convicted by it. We ask forgiveness. We repent, which means to turn from it. Lord, I don't want to do that. And the Lord forgives us. We love God. When we love the Father, we love the Son, we love the Holy Spirit, the Holy Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit. And I like to, I gave him another name, the Holy Convictor, because he's the one that convicts me 
when I get when I get my wife is right there too. God put my wife in my life to to be the physical conviction for the the spiritual conviction that the Holy Spirit is. Because I might get mad in a vehicle going down the road still when somebody pulls out in front of me. And I've been hot before. I'm like, man, if I could just get my hand. She's just like thumping me, punching me. Shut up. That's not Christian. Like, well, they can't hear me. That's right. God does. Absolutely. And that's why she's there. I've got bruises on my right arm from her swatting me. We are followers of Christ, our Lord and Savior, right? But we're also brothers. We're also brothers of Christ. We're heirs with Christ. We talked about that a couple of weeks, weeks ago. Jesus says, um, that's right, it's hard. That's very hard. To, boy, try to wrap your head around that. And um, Jesus goes on to say in the Bible, we're fixing to turn it. Turn to Luke chapter 8, if you will. Jesus tells us that um, we love God. We're his, we're his brothers or his family. We're his family if we, uh, if we do something. If we hear the word of God and do it. Look at, look at Luke chapter 18. Um, as soon as I get there, I don't have it marked. Luke chapter 18, we're going to look at verses uh, 19 through 21, I think. Yes, 19 through 21. And Jesus said unto them, oh, uh, wait a minute, that's, not, that's the wrong one. Isn't it? Luke 8, Luke chapter 8, not 18. I'm sorry, I apologize. I get kind of, Sarah was supposed to correct me and she didn't. Um, you weren't up here, sir. Luke chapter 8, verses uh, 19 through 21. Now, Jesus is preaching to a multitude of people, and there's crowds all around him. They're pressing on him. They're, they, you know, it's kind of like a, a um, you know, I guess I don't like to use this term a lot, but like a, a concert today where people are trying to get to that famous person, and nobody can get to him because there's, there's all kinds of people around him. You can't shove your way to him. But somebody says, Jesus... Hey, your mom and your brethren are, are, are come to see you. And I want you to hear what Jesus says about this. Verses 19 through 21. Um, then came to him his mother and his brethren and could not come, to, come at him for the press. And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to see thee. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God. And what? And do it. And do it. So, here's another answer to the question. How do we know that we love God or that people love God? Those who do it. Those who do the Word of God. They don't just hear the Word of God, but those who do it. Because if you're doing what the Word of God says, guess what you're doing? You're keeping His commandments. All of them. Not just the ones you want to pick and choose and say, well, well these are good. These are okay, but these other ones, that, that's a little bit far-fetched. It's a 2021, so we're going to have to pull a few of those out because some people don't like those, and that might make people upset. Hey, God says, do you love me? Keep my commandments. That's what he says. So, he says you're, his, you're a part of his family. You're his brother and his mother if you hear his word and keep them. That to me is just amazing. That's right. You know, I had this, this saying, I've said this many, many times, you probably know this by now, but when I was in the military, when people would tell me they were going to do something, I even today, I, I tell this to some people, because you hear the same thing, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do, do it, I'm going to do it, Dad. I'm going 
I'm going to do it, Dad. I promise. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll, don't talk me to death. Don't tell me you're going to do something. Show me you're going to do it. Pretend like I'm from Missouri, okay? Show me. Show me. And that God's saying, hey, don't talk me to death. Show me you love me. Do you love me? Keep my commandments. James 1.22 says, But he be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You can say you love God all you want to. There's been millions and probably billions of people who have said it. But unless you follow his word, you know what you're doing? You're fooling yourself. You're deceiving yourself. You're not deceiving God. God can't be deceived. He can't be mocked. That's right. We had 63 people in church today. You know? 63 people in church during a pandemic in the cold in Florida. And I'm going to tell you, last night was a blessing. It was a, the, the, the fire was a blessing. We had a good little, we had a tur good turnout with the kids, good turnout with the adults. They actually, all the adults actually came inside and listened to me. It was crazy. That could only be, <laughs> I'm only going to preach when it's cold outside. That's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to tell you, and, and today was a blessing because, you know, Travis, and, and I know he doesn't, he doesn't do it for Travis, he does it for the Lord. But, but he was the one that was present with the, when the girl was asking questions today, and he prayed with her, and she accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I patted him on the back, and I said, I'm proud of you. He goes, hey, it's not me. I said, I know it's not you, but God used you, and you allowed yourself to be used by God. And you know what? I love you for that. And, and I'm glad you are here. I'm glad you're here. But that's such a blessing. We got people that are on fire today for the Lord. I saw it. People sitting behind me are on fire for the Lord. And they're like, we're coming back. We're coming back. And I'm like, praise God for that. But then I start thinking, and Brother Howard's preached about this before. I started thinking, you know, there's been a lot of people who got on fire for the Lord. Who got hot. And then three months later, it just it chilled out a little bit. And a year later, they're not even in church anymore. They might be back to doing what they were doing before they got saved. And I'm not saying they're not saved. That's up to between them and God. But I do know that a lot of people have turned from what they said they believed. And that fire that they had. If the fire burns down, will the light be as bright as it is right now? And the answer is no. That's right. That's right. And, and praise God. He's convicted me. Um, I've seen this church packed. And I've seen it with as little as 10, 12 people on a Wednesday night. Sometimes less than, I think we had seven one night. Yeah. Um, circumstances drive attendance. And you might be saying, well, where are you going with this? You started off by how do you know if you love God? How do you know if you love? He said, you'll keep my commandments. That's what he said. All of them. Not just the ones we want to keep. And... Uh, Man, I got more notes than I thought I had. I'm going to give you a real short. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, the holy word of God says this, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. That's us. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but listen, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching.
Praise God, worship God, hear the word of God preached and proclaimed. Give him all praise and glory, but you also should be edifying one another, building each other up, exhorting one another, and then sometimes admonishing one another, one-on-one, -on -one, hopefully, <laughs> praying for one another. That's what we should be doing. But if you look around tonight, we don't have 63 people here today, tonight. We had 63 this morning. I understand circumstances. Not all circumstances are, are tongue-in-cheek circumstances. Sometimes people got to work. Sometimes people... You know, they can't drive at night because their eyes are bad or whatnot. I get that. But not everybody has to work at night. And not everybody has bad eyesight. You know? That's right. And we have a bus. And I, it's charged up now. Some, will, some people will allow circumstances to keep them away from church. Their circumstances to keep them away from church. And sometimes that circumstance becomes a permanent circumstance. People who were at one time on fire for the Lord. I'm going to go out and I'm going to preach the word of God. I'm going to tell my neighbors. I'm going to tell my kids. I'm going to tell the people at the bank. I'm going to tell the people in Winn-Dixie when I go through the line. And a year later, they're not even coming to church themselves. Adrian Rogers uh, told a little story um, about a, uh, and this goes hand in hand with what I'm preaching on, so that's why I'm sharing it. But he told a story about a guy who was in love with a woman. He was in love with her wholeheartedly. He, and he wrote her every day a letter. Every day he wrote her a love letter and sent it by mail to her house to let this lady know his affection and how much he loved her. After two years, the lady married the mailman. Okay? okay? The moral of the story is there are some things that are just better to do in person. All right? We need to be together. We need to be together, you know. Um, we have an online service, and I, I'm, I, I, I encourage people to utilize that when you can't make it. But if you can make it, come to church. Amen. If you can make it, come to church. That's part of the commandments. It's in His Word to do it. Yeah, and then I heard, you know, somebody, I'm talking to somebody. This is hilarious. I'm talking to somebody, and they're like, well, y'all don't even know when the Lord's Day is. Sabbath day is not Sunday, it's Saturday. I mean, you need to read the book of Acts because it says they assembled on the first day of the week, clown. Okay, so it's in there. We will do that one day. That's right. Every day. So how do you know if someone loves God? They, they seek His commandments. I'm going to cut my notes short. They seek His commandments. They seek to do them. They want to abide by them. They want to live a pleasing life. They're not going to make excuses not to come to church. They're not going to make excuses, well, I just can't. You know, I can't tonight. I got, I got all the kids, and uh, Susie's coming home from college, and I don't know if she's got church clothes or not. Look, come in shorts if you got to. I don't care. Brother Howard don't care. I like it. I mean, modestly, <laughs> okay, but, but what you got is what you got, all right? The Lord says this. This is what Jesus says. Matthew 6, 21. It's also in Luke uh, 12, 34. It says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So my question is, how do you know if you love Lord? Well, if you love the Lord, then He's in here. And you're going to do. Your, your, your treasure is going to be with Him. Not with whatever's keeping you from Him. You're going to seek Him. You're going to want to do these things. Um, 
I want to serve the Lord, and I know I fail miserably daily, but I get up wanting to do His will and striving to do His will. And when I fail, I get on my knees, I ask for forgiveness. And Lord, teach me, show me, move me. Don't let me, that's what I pray. I'm going to share with my prayer to Him. I pray, Lord, don't let me fail you. I don't care if I fail people. I mean, I don't want to fail you either, but if I fail you, that's one thing. But don't let me fail you, Lord. Keep me firmly planted, firmly rooted, and lead me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake, for your glory, honor, and praise, not for Richie's. Like Ken said, not for Richie. It's not for me. It's to point people, I must become less, he must become more. And that's what we, we should all be doing. You know that, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. That reminds me of that song. we got a lot of people that are laying up treasures here on earth thinking they're never going to die. They're never going to leave this world. But the song says, laying up your treasures in that home above, trusting, fully trusting in my Savior's love. Doing what I can for heaven's holy dove I'm getting ready to leave this world and that's what we should all be getting ready for so how do you know if you love the Lord how do you know if people love the Lord first of all there's evidence of it but if you love the Lord you're seeking him you're not making excuses to get away from him or why you can't you're telling people why you can and why they should I love the Lord um, and, and I'm telling you from, uh, and for the people watching on YouTube land, I uh, wasn't always the person you see. I talked about that last night with the, with the people in the, in the fellowship hall. I wasn't always this person. I, I've done a lot of things that I'm ashamed of and I'm embarrassed about, and, but I'm forgiven of them. And you are too. So show him the love that he showed you. You can't repay it. But you can love him. You can do what he says to do. And that's what we should be striving to do. That's my message. Love God the way that he loves you or strive.